Hey, fellow mathers, do you have limited classroom time? Do you want to make the biggest, best impact on your students that you can? Then you need to start here with the Math is Figureoutable Challenge. It's three one-hour sessions of the quickest and most powerful ways to reach the most students with the most math. We're having special guest Jenna Labe. Mark your calendars for May 15th through 17th at 7 p.m. Central and watch this space to find out when registration opens. If you can't make those times, you'll want to register anyway so you can get access to the session recordings. And now, on to the episode. Hey, fellow mathematicians, welcome to the podcast where math is figure outable. I'm Pam. And I'm Kim. And you found a place where math is not about memorizing and mimicking, waiting to be told or shown what to do, but it's about making sense of problems, noticing patterns, and reasoning using mathematical relationships. We can mentor mathematicians as we co-create meaning together. Not only are algorithms not particularly helpful in teaching mathematics, but rotely repeating steps actually keep students from being the mathematicians they can be. So this episode is all about a really cool connection between proportional reasoning and functional reasoning that may surprise you. So Pam, let's start off and if I can, <laughs> I can tell you a little bit about my experience. I know that we've talked about my mathematics before and and in elementary school and middle school and just all through proportional reasoning, I really was able to make sense of things, even though my teachers weren't teaching me in a way that was really figure outable. It was for me. It was very rote, memorized practice. Um, and that was fine for me, with me, because I didn't know any different as a teaching um, practice. And, and I was okay until about pre-cal. I hit a wall in pre-cal, to be perfectly honest with you. I, at that point, felt like I couldn't figure anything out anymore. And I, you know, I still, because I had some memorization skills, I still did okay, but it fell apart in my mind. I thought for sure I had reached a point where like you, it either made sense to you or didn't, and it wasn't going to make sense to me. And so I just shied away at that point and said, I don't get it anymore. Um, this isn't for me. And I was really interested in math and I really loved my math classes. And I just, I just didn't, I just didn't at that point. So at that, at the, I, and it makes me sad hearing you talk about it, but I hear you saying at that point, math became not figure outable anymore. It's, yeah, it's almost absolutely. like, the, it's almost like in your head, the nature of math changed. Yeah. You're like, oh, this isn't fun anymore because it's not figure outable anymore. Yep. Now it's just a bunch of formulas to memorize and, 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 and I could do that, but that's not fun. Yeah. That's interesting. Is there a point where math is not figure outable anymore? Is there, is there some, you know, like you might be thinking teachers, well, you know, it's figure outable until you have to do long division. You can't really, you know, long division, you just got to do the steps or is division figure outable? You might be thinking, well, you know, it's, it's figure outable until it's division of fractions. Then you just have to invert and multiply. You don't, mm -hmm. we don't know why, or is it figure outable? Like, is there, do you think that there's some juncture where we really just have to do the formulas or is math always figure outable? So we thought we'd take today and do a little bit of um, some high school stuff to illustrate a bridge that we might be able to sort of take you from some things that you know mm -hmm. and help you see this bridge to maybe something that you thought was kind of only memorizable, wrote memorizable, but it is actually pretty figure outable. So mm -hmm. we're going to have a little bit of fun today. One of the things that I want to do is uh, mention that we do this wonderful work. We've done it in the podcast. We definitely do it in Building Powerful Multiplication, our online workshop, and the online workshop called Building Powerful Division. 
and in our online workshop called Building Powerful Proportional Reasoning, where we work with ratio tables multiplicatively. Mm-hmm. And I want to build this bridge from what we could do in ratio tables to multiply, to divide, to solving proportions, and to reasoning proportionally, doing great things in ratio tables. And I want to paint this bridge of how we can then use that in an algebra class in a way that you might have not thought about. So consider, uh, if you've never done any work in a ratio table, you might want to go back to at least one episode where we do some multiplication or division in a ratio table. But consider that if you've done some work in a ratio table, then you will probably recognize relationships like this. So Kim, I'm just going to throw some numbers out to you. And I want you to tell me kind of everything you're thinking about. And yeah, here we go. If I were drawing it on a board right now, I would be putting in a ratio table. So I'm going to say one, six, and I would put one on one side of the ratio table and six is sort of the output. So the input's uh-huh. one, the output six. Okay. Two, 12. It's kind of like I'm giving you ordered pairs, right? Yeah. Two comma okay. 12. Yep. Three, 18, mm-hmm. four, 24. Mm-hmm. What do you notice? What are you thinking about? So a couple of things. Mm-hmm. It's going up by sixes in the output. Mm-hmm. But but I think more importantly, the relationship is that it's from one side of the ratio table to the other, from, I guess, the X to the Y, it's mm-hmm. times six mm-hmm. in each of those entries. So if I were to say, if you'd graph those points, what, what would they look like? Like, is, is there a pattern? Is there no pattern? They're, they'd be random all over no, the no, place. No, 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 no. They're definitely, it's definitely a proportional relationship. Okay. So it'd be a line. It'd be linear. Yeah. 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 And uh, in fact, and it's, it's going to go up. Because it's increasing. Ah, it's yeah, okay, increasing. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. And you said it was a proportional relationship, so you also know it goes through zero zero. Mm-hmm. Okay, uh, you could you could probably if if I pushed you, you could put a context to that. I bet. I bet you could think about. Oh, I don't you know, know I one, like packs of gum. So ah, one pack of or, gum or has... or Jellos. Oh, my kids love these Jellos that come in a six pack. <laughs> oh, okay, nice. Yeah. All right, cool. Or six pack of soda, maybe. Well, like whatever. So mm-hmm. we, it could kind of represent all that. Mm-hmm. And what if I said that that if I plotted all those points and I connected them with a line, could you write the equation of that line? Sure. How so, do all the y's relate to all the x's? Yeah. So y is x times six. Or, yeah. or I guess you would say y equals 6x. Yeah. So by convention, we usually write the coefficient mm-hmm. first. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I like that yeah. all the x's times 6. I like that a yeah. lot. And I, and I would totally, if a student said that to me, I would literally write y. And as you said, I would say all the y's. And then mm-hmm. you said equal. I write equal. And then you said x. And I would write x times 6. All the x's, mm-hmm. I would write x times 6. And so I would literally write y equals x times 6. And then I would say, oh, yeah. And by convention, we usually write that as y equals 6x. So I would sort of represent your thinking and then I would write it uh, e- equivalent to the convention that we usually write. Cool. Okay. So then Kim, what if I said, well, here's a, here's a new set of points. Maybe, maybe okay. there's a special on the jello. Oh, okay. And so jellos, do you put an S on jellos? I don't even. Okay. <laughs> jello cups. I don't know. <laughs> ah, that, better. Yeah, that All makes right. sense. New ratio jellos. table. I don't okay. New ratio table. So one, seven, two, 13, three, 19. 425. And I'm kind of curious what you see now. And really I'm heading towards writing the equation. Okay. Okay. Um, I actually really like that you said something about um, the context uh-huh. because some of the numbers seem kind of random, except when I look back at the, the whys in the problem you just gave me. Yeah. There each time is one more. So it's that same 6x, but it's 
plus one this time. So uh, y equals six x plus one. Nice, nice. It's almost like if you look at that that second ratio table, the seven thirteen nineteen twenty five. Mm-hmm. It's mm-hmm. almost like if you kind of cross your eyes and sort of look double or something, kind of like mm-hmm. I, I picture. I, think I know where you're going. Yeah, yeah. What 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 just happened in your brain when I said well? That? So so that same line. I don't know what you call mm-hmm. it. Same mm-hmm. line is yeah. is shifted, shifted up one. It's just shifted up one. We just taken that line. Y it's almost like X. I should just get if I get just get one Jello cup for free. Bam! It's exactly yeah. what it is. It's like bonus. Yeah. In bonus. context, today yep. you get one. Yeah, mm-hmm. you get one more Jello cup. Nice, mm-hmm. nice. So we have a colleague. Her name is Ann Roman. Ann, oh, how are you doing? Ann. Um, I know, right? who one day after she was a fifth grade teacher at the time, she since went on to work with the Dana Center, do some amazing work. At the time she was teaching fifth grade, taught me a lot. Uh, we worked together a lot and she was doing so much work with multiplication and division with ratio tables. And then uh, she went on and was uh, doing some graduate work and she was taking a class and they had to write the equation of a line to match data. And she said, she said to me, Pam, I'm looking at these tables of values that I'm supposed to do all this like crazy f- formula work. But I just sort of, it's almost like I'm, I'm looking at an optical illusion where it's the old woman and the young woman. And if you kind mm-hmm. of close one eye and tip your head, you sort of see the young woman. And if you kind of open your eye and tip your head the other way, you see the old woman, you know, they kind of, one comes in focus and the other comes in focus. She said, I look at these tables and if I kind of just like, like I, I, I see a ratio table shifted, like I can just picture a rate. I've done so much work with the ratio tables. I just see the ratio tables like screaming at me, but it's just been shifted. And so mm-hmm. I just write down the equation for the ratio table and then I just shift it. it can I do that? Yeah. Y'all, I was floored. I was just like, that is amazing thinking. And now, now I see it. Now I see tables of values and I just look to see if I can see the shift. So let's let's practice that a little bit. Let me just see if I can give you some some tables of values, maybe without the original ratio table this time and see if you can like, like Tell tip you your head, close original. one eye. Okay. Yeah. And see if you can picture the original and then we can write the equation line from there. Okay. So what if I gave you something like one, six, two, 11, three, 16, four, 21. And I'm just going to suggest that if you're listening to the podcast, you might write those down, mm. pause the podcast and, and look at those and see if you can kind of feel a ratio table around there. So mm-hmm. one, six, two, 11, mm-hmm. three, 16, four, 21. Pause. All right, Kim, what are you thinking about? So I was looking at how, essentially, how could I get from X to Y? Yeah. And so I was thinking about what is around 6, 11, 16, 21. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that it is going to be five times X and then just shift up one. So five. Uh, y equals five x plus one, because if, if that six, eleven, sixteen, twenty-one is so close to five, yep. ten, fifteen, twenty. Yep. And how close? Just one. Mm-hmm. They're just all just one. Mm-hmm. Bam. Nice. So it's really important that the x's are this um, arithmetic sequence that they're just they're just upping by one. That's actually important. And I just I have to say that because I know I have secondary teachers right now that are like, you can't just look at the y's. And I know that. I know that. But my suggestion is if students have been dealing with ratio tables a lot, they've already taken that into consideration before they look for a pattern in the Ys. They're, they're taking the Xs into consideration because they've had to in ratio tables because the work in ratio tables has not been in order. 
In fact, for me, giving these points in order is almost like, whoa, they're in order. Huh, how interesting. How droll. How mm-hmm. how immature of you that you have to have them in order. Because they're so used to having to order them. They're so used to having them out of order in a way that makes sense for them to use, that's, that's useful for them, that it's almost odd that they're in order. Not in a bad way. In a, huh, well, that's easy. Okay. It's like almost in a, <laughs> well, I guess if you have to be that easy kind of way. Right. All right. So let's try another one. If you're ready, you ready? For okay. That? All right. <clears throat> Here we go. One, one, two, three, three, five, four, seven. So pause the podcast. All right, Kim. All right. Thinking about. Get it. Um, yeah. So I think that it is Y equals. Oh, what was I going to say? 2X minus 1. Okay, so I love the fact that you're giving me an answer, but I kind of hate the sorry, fact we're not sorry. hearing your thinking. No, okay, I want right, to hear right. So again, <laughs> I was thinking about, you know, it's it's a little bit like I see the pattern maybe a little bit quicker than I remember how to write it. Like the, mm, the mm-hmm. social bit of writing it. So like once I figure out how to write it, then... I get excited. Sorry. Sure. Okay. Yeah, so now um, that makes sense. I'm thinking about again from X to Y. I, I wanted to know what. How do I get from two to three? And at first, I was like, could be could be times one plus one, but then that doesn't work with three or four. And then I was like, let me go over. So times two would be four. Then how would I get to three? It would just yeah. be minus one. And then I kind of confirmed it with the three X and the four as the uh-huh. X. Uh huh. Uh huh. So I really like your strategy and I would definitely bring out your strategy. Um, I hear mm-hmm. you really focus on how to get from X to Y, which is mm-hmm. totally what is the, the, the functions are based on. Mm-hmm. There is a slightly separate and I, I, I want to build your strategy. Yeah. Um, so I definitely want that. And I'm glad you're, I'm glad it's coming out. But if I was doing this with multiple students, um, I would expect that there would be also be a, a different strategy that would come out that I would want to highlight and then build both strategies and students. Yeah. Um, so I might wonder if I would look at one, three, five, and seven and wonder if I know multiples that are near those. So once I've established the one, two, three, four, so I have this sequence that's upping by one every time. Once I have mm-hmm. that on, mm-hmm. the, on the X's, then I can kind of, I, I, I could choose to ignore the X's. You didn't, which is a great strategy, but I could also sort of look at one, three, five, seven and go, is that near a multiple I know? Well, I know two, four, six, eight. Oh, but these are all just one less than that. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that would be kind of an Anne Roman strategy, like sort of feel the two, four, six, eight, but it's, it's all one less than that. Does that make sense? Yeah. Um, I'm not sure why you would go to two, four, six, eight or. Uh, it, it would literally only be if that one sort of pinged for you. Okay. And if, All right. and if it does, if it doesn't ping for you, then, then, then your yes. strategy would be a great, um, yeah. more, almost more general one. Your yeah. strategy is more general. It's going to be, uh, it's probably going to be work. It's probably going to work more often. So the, and strategy is only going to work if the multiples ping for you. I wonder if I have one that, that let's try another one. Okay. Okay. New one. Ready? New post-it. (laughs) (laughs) You and your post-its. I love it. Oh, and are you writing with pen or pencil? A pencil. (laughs) I've totally got a pen in my hand. I love it. (laughs) Okay, here we go. Ready? One, 18. Oh, okay. 
2, 35, 10, 171. Whoa. Oh, and then we're done. That's it. Oh, gosh. Oh, I just gosh. had a thought. I don't oh, forget. Oh, you know what? Okay, so this, I really did see the 1735, 170. That's not going to work. Oh, 1734, 170. Sorry. Okay, excited about 35. Um, <laughs> so then that would definitely, I would, I, I would see the 1734, 170 and know that it has something to do with 17, but then it's just shifted up one. So 17 X plus one. Yeah. So that one, I did focus on the shift. And, and I, I wrote it on purpose in a way. So when I write problem strings, right, if I'm aware that that strategy might not be coming out, yeah. then this particular problem, I put that 10 in there. Yeah. So well, in time 17, yeah. my strategy of going from X to Y, time 17 is not amazing. It's not. It's, it's <laughs> doesn't not pop a, as much. a fun thing. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Nice. What do you, what do you think? Yeah. Yeah. Like so it. there, there can be this sense of if I have done a lot of ratio table work, those multiples might pop. And if they do, we can use them. Yeah. If they don't, then we could go more to the Kim strategy where I'm looking at the relationship between X and Y. And if that doesn't work, then I could do something a little bit more where I have to maybe find some differences and do some uh, work to write the equation of the line. Um, but, but mathematizing is not about one way to do every problem. Right. Mathematizing is about using what you know, relationships and connections that ping for you. And if they ping for you, then going down that road. And Kim, you taught me that. It's <laughs> so something you taught me. And y'all, we do stuff like this in my online workshops. And I'm so excited to debut Building Powerful Linear Functions, where we really help you think about how can we take students from really... Uh, knowing nothing about the writing the equation of a line to writing the equation of a line, given any information from no rote memory. And we do it in a sequence of about 13 tasks, 13 to 15 tasks, depending on how you, how long your class periods are. And uh, we can help you help both you and your students learn more and more about linear functions and how they are actually really quite figure outable. Woo. So Building Powerful Linear Functions is now available. I am so proud to, to have it out there. High school teachers, your time has arrived. Sign up now so you don't miss out. Yeah, head on over to mathisfigureoutable.com slash workshop to book your spot. And you really do want to hurry because registration- Oops, sorry, sorry, is workshops. Oh. Mathisfigureoutable.com okay. <laughs> slash workshops. Okay. <laughs> head on over to mathisfigureoutable.com slash workshops to book your spot. And you do want to hurry because registration closes this Friday. Yeah, this Friday, y'all. We'd love to have you join us. Elementary, middle school teachers, remember, we also have a workshop for you. Building Powerful Edition for young learners uh, for pre-K through second grade. Building Powerful Multiplication for third grade and up. Building Powerful Division for third grade and up. And Building Powerful Proportional Reasoning for sixth grade and up. Though fifth grade teachers, you're really wanting to do that after you do Multiplication Division. Yep. And building powerful, uh, building powerful Linear Functions for eighth grade and algebra one, but anybody higher than that, who's never really thought about how we can develop linear functions just from students own experience and thinking y'all, we're so excited for the first time ever to have workshops K-12. Everyone mm -hmm. in your district can get yep. involved. We can really get figure outable math happening all over the place. And I'm going to say that one more time. So I don't mess it up. <laughs> you want to go to 
mathisfigureoutable.com slash workshops to reserve your seat. Y'all, thank you for tuning in and teaching more and more real math. To find out more about the Math is Figureoutable movement, uh, visit mathisfigureoutable.com. Let's keep spreading the word that math is figureoutable. Thank you for listening and making math more figureoutable. Remember, we're going to be opening registration for the Math is Figureoutable Challenge soon. Mark your calendar from May 15th through 17th. You are not going to want to miss these free PD evenings where you'll learn four routines you need in your classroom that are naturally engaging and encourage students to think mathematically. And remember, if you can't make those times, registering gets you access to the recordings. Keep making math figureoutable.